Welcome back to the Turn on the Music podcast. I didn't introduce myself last episode, did I? I think you did. Maybe I did. I don't think I did. Uh, we're just so used to you not doing it. Yeah. So there's this guy in front of me. Yeah. I forget his name. Wait, why are you still here? It's always later. <laughs> didn't you go home already? <laughs> Please go home. Um, my name is Kyle. CJ's here still, unfortunately. Not that I was here for two weeks. We decided to be proactive and record episode one and two on the same day yeah so we can have a nice continuous flow i don't think i can put up with you for two weeks not in the same place sure yes (laughs) (laughs) because i'll agree to that i can't put up with me for two weeks (laughs) (laughs) so we're back with episode two of the music lesson um so what are you listening to this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for everyone who's listened to episode one. Yes. And is, is starting, uh, who's joining us on this journey. Yeah. Hopefully you've picked up yourself a book by now yeah. and have started reading and joined us. And if not, what are you waiting for? Do right. it. Yeah, do it. And and if you had the pleasure of listening to us on uh, Twitch Live on Sunday, the- um, That was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we, we are- um, I joined. Uh, I hope you joined Kyle live on Friday night and us live on Sunday seven thirty, uh, and then uh, again this upcoming weekend. So uh, yeah. thank you again for joining us and listening in and hearing our thoughts. Yeah, and those that are not um, following us on Twitch, make sure you're following us on Twitch. It's uh, twitch.tv slash Turn On The Music Two. That's the number two, not. T-O-W or T-O-W, good Lord. T-W-O or T-O or T-O-O, it's the number two. Turn on the music too. Um, so we're talking the music lesson again, and we're on chapter, no, measure two. Measure two. Measure two. Um, and measure two is called notes. <laughs> right? I just... I just wanted to give a dramatic pause to the to the situation. So, yes, measure two is called notes. Yes, and um, I'm going to read uh, the the. Wait, you you can read, apparently. Oh, okay, but I need an audio book to tell me what I'm saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> the uh, the the tagline that said, "If you stopped playing notes, music would still exist," which is why I gave you silence. No, I'm giving you silence. I still exist. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> so, page 35. Thank you. <laughs> um, 31. Yes. Hang on. <laughs> so, at the end of uh, the measure one, or measure one, they brought up, or Michael brings up, the elements of music. Which they elaborate in measure two. Yes. And I'm going to let you start because I read that tagline about music never stopping. You did. Um, don't they? Wait. They do the, the thing here. 
Yeah, they, they do the, the, the elements of music in the beginning of this chapter. That's what I said. I thought you said at the end of the chapter. No, I said at the beginning. I said at the end of chapter of the music, le- the, the first uh, measure. The end of the first measure, they bring up elements. Oh, yes. Okay, I thought and it you leads. Yes. I, I was, thought you, yes. I was prefacing what we're doing with how the se- first yes. episode. Yeah. All right, so what are the 10 elements of music? No, because I haven't written down. That's like what I'm But, um, so that's essentially how this chapter begins. Yeah, so they talk about the 10 elements of music, and I was mentioning in the last episode that one of the things I would do with my students is I would give them this quiz, is I would sit them down and say, okay, give me 10 elements of music, and we would sit there until we figured out all 10 of them. And um, the best score I've ever gotten was a four. Um, When I did it myself, I got got a five. I've never done it. No one's ever asked me. Well, you know them now, so you can't. I can't do it now. Yeah. It would be, so. it would be cheating or would it be me sharing knowledge? It would be cheating because if you're taking the test and you're looking it up. I'm cheat. not taking, this is not a real test. You told me to give you the test. It's so. not a real test. Um, so. I can't help it. If do I we want to go through the, the elements or just. Do we want to list them or go through them? It's up to you. I mean, well, we're to go through them as chapters. So, I mean. Huh? We'll go through them as chapters, but... They do go through them as chapters. Right, but do we want to mention... No, them? no, I think we should just list them out, and then as we go through the chapters, we can elaborate yeah. on each one of them. But we could yep. share insi- our own insights, I think, Yeah. and takeaways. So the first one that we're going to go over this week is notes. Next one is articulation slash duration, technique, emotion and feel, dynamics, rhythm and tempo, tone, phrasing, space, listening are the 10 now now that so yes I you listed those out what yes i did read them <laughs> now that you've listed them out mm-hmm. and uh, yes we are going to discuss about each one because that's essentially what this book about is yep. about is to break down how important these are which one are your most important one listening you think listening yeah no, i agree i think listening is a huge is an important one mm-hmm. um but and i think for, like for, for me, the second one is phrasing. I think that makes sense because if you're listening and you're responding, mm-hmm. you need to phrase it in a specific way. But yep. they mention briefly in this chapter that phrasing is more than just. Yeah, that's why I think phrasing is important because they mention that you can phrase other things. Right. You can phrase dynamics and you can phrase rhythm. Right. And, you know, Bach was big on phrasing rhythm. And one of the things that I do when I'm teaching a piece is I talk about how the dynamics are phrased. Where is the peak of the piece? Because for me, when it comes, and we'll talk about this more when we get to dynamics, like forte does not mean loud to me. It right. means as loud as you can play with a good sound or as loud right. as you can sing with a good sound. So my forte is different than your forte. And, right. You know, our fortes are different. And the the caveat is like, which, how is, how is your sound compared to your volume? Because I can make a loud sound, but it might sound like poo and that's not good. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes, you're right. <laughs> so the, the point is, is that if you don't know where the peak of the piece is and where the small, the, 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 the softest part of the piece is, you don't know where your volume is going to be. Right. Exactly. And then you have to take into consideration that I know we don't, I don't like to use the word genre, but if you think about like the Baroque era, like if you're doing classical music and classical era and the romantic era, like, Let's call it forms of music. Sure, forms of music. Um, each of those different forms, because of the time period that they were in, a Baroque forte is not a Romantic forte. Exactly. Because the instruments were different and it was written differently. Right. 
So I take that into consideration when I'm playing too. So that's another aspect of it. And phrasing also could do would lay towards rhythm. Mm-hmm. which is one of the elements rhythm and tempo. Yep. And and Bach would do it all the time. Like his two-part inventions, like they all start with the same rhythmic figure. Right. You know, and that rhythmic figure plays a part throughout the entire piece. Right. And you're going to phrase it differently. Exactly. You know, you may have three eight notes and two quarter notes, right. but you're going to, you could phrase them so differently right. and make them sound differently. Exactly. Like, and, and like, for just for example, the first Bach two-part invention, always each phrase starts with the 16th rest. That's uh, that's the phrase. It's a sixteenth rest. Right. Phrasing the rhythm with the sixteenth rest, which leads us to space. Yes, because space is starry. <laughs> space. Yes. We we're so, which basically goes back to what I read at the beginning. The tagline: If you stop playing notes, music would still exist. Yep. So when we're playing a piece, and we're resting if it's an individual and you take a moment because there's a, f- a measure rest, <laughs> just, just beat your microphone up, smash my microphone and it spun around. If yours is a measure rest, a re- uh, measure, rest, a what? A measure, <laughs> a measure we are rest, falling apart. and that's, let's use four, four, if that's four beats, that's a space and no one else is playing around you, but that doesn't mean music hasn't stopped. Right. That's a part of that song. Yeah. Whereas if you're listening to a group and you're playing and let's say you're the guitarist and your part has a rest, there may be another instrument playing. Right. So there's a constant flow of music and space plays a big factor. Like mm-hmm. you're going to play a quarter note and then another quarter note. You may trim off a little bit of that quarter note to give it space to the next one, yep. which is part of what bluegrass does mm-hmm. is bluegrass. They, they found a way to cut the rhythm in, uh, in a certain yep. way to create a space to create that exactly. feel and that sound. Yep, yep. So I think space li- lines up with that mm-hmm. that that end of it. Now, that and I think they. I'm gonna we're probably skipping around just because of what we're talking about. Um, I just there was something that he said about space that I thought was interesting, um, which kind of talks about what we were saying. It goes uh, right space rest not playing very important. This is the underused but all-important element. Think about it. If there were no rest, all music that was ever played would still be playing. Yep. And then Victor broke down because he's like, I don't know if I can handle music playing constantly. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's true. Like, Mm -hmm. you would never have that moment. I mean, even when it was windy today, Mm -hmm. there were times when the wind did die down. It picked back up again, but Mm -hmm. it was resting. Yep. Because it was kind of, we're going to blow you over, Mm -hmm. so we're going to come back with some more strength. Yep. You know? Um, So I think space plays a... You have your listening, you have your, uh, you said your phrasing, we have our space. Yep. Where would you go next? Rhythm and, would you do rhythm and tempo there? I don't think so. Emotion and feel, I think is where I'd go next. Okay. Why would you go there next? Um, well, because we talked last episode that music is a language and if you don't have anything to say, then there's nothing worth saying. Cool. I agree. I I'm gonna I'm gonna read the paragraph I highlighted. I don't know if you have the same thing highlighted. Yep. You cool? Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. So this is on page thirty-seven of the book. Uh and and Victor said just said to Michael, feel. How about feel as an element? And the response is, I like that one because it can be looked at in different ways. Most people think about feel as it relates to the groove, but that's just the obvious way to look at it. I can show you other ways of looking at feel. If you approach it from an 
from an angle of emotion, meaning how you feel when you play or how the listener feels and how you can affect that, then it gets interesting. And he goes on to saying, and this is something that I think is very interesting, and I haven't ever thought that before. Um, I don't know if they say it in here or they talk about it further along, but they talk about, or when they talk about group, they talk about how the listener already has a feeling to the song. Mm. Like you can, even before you start playing it, they always have a feeling to the song. Yeah. Maybe it's the title, maybe right. it's an anticipation mm-hmm. or whatever. There's a feeling. So if you go into it with a feeling to get that groove, to get that note. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have listening, phrasing, space, feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing this down to know which ones we're hitting. <laughs> Me neither. That's okay. So listening, space, phrasing, feel. Yep. Where would you go next? Um, I don't know. Well, I would put dynamics then if we're talking about feel. Okay. I feel, as we were just stated, can be a multitude of things, but dynamics can also explore feeling a little bit. Because mm-hmm. if you come come in hard and loud, that's going to be a different feeling, right? Then, so then you could pair that up with articulation next, right? Articulation, which then brings you down to rhythm and tempo, mm-hmm. which brings you down to tone, yep. which brings you down to notes, yeah. and notes become the last thing on the list. Yep, which interesting. It is well. That's just our thought on right. it. Because it's true, we, we we talked about this in the last episode where we're teaching our students how to read music, mm-hmm. not how to feel it, right? not how to have a groove to it, mm-hmm. not to... Or have it, a relationship. Or have it. a relationship with it. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing, I think, yep. is that we're not teaching them a way to... Listen, this is not putting anyone down with that way they teach. Yeah. You may, because each time you work with somebody, it's a little different because mm-hmm. everybody is different. Everybody yeah. sees things differently. And that's what, that make, that's what makes a teacher someone who knows how to show. Mm-hmm. Because as we spoke about in the previous episode, you could teach a group of people the same exact thing. Yeah. But they're all going to understand it differently. Right. You can show them mm-hmm. and they may all get it. Because they're going to see things within that show that allows them to make it their own thing. Right. And interestingly, on, on page 40, Michael says, you, you can't speak music with notes alone, but you can speak music without notes at all. It's very true. So that kind of goes to show that you can have music at, uh, notes at the end of your list. Right. Which we do. We do. So... Sweet. Sometimes it's like we, we know what we're doing. No. Because no. I have no idea we're going to do that. Really? No. You have no idea we're going to break it down? Not like that. Not like that. I think it's cool that we broke it down that way. Yeah. We should record this and, and then put like, it, and then share it. And Yeah, like as a podcast and a or podcast. something. <laughs> oh, can you tell we're too, we're, you know, been with each other a couple, a little bit long, too long? Um out of my house yeah. i mean um <laughs> Get, what's next go away <laughs> i found on page 42 and i was jumping a little bit ahead um that he brings in and i think this word 
has always been something that I thought was, I think it's a powerful word in general. Mm -hmm. The other elements you put together, the, uh, no, the other elements put together define the essence of groove. Yep. So in order for you to find that groove, all that comes together. Or, (laughs) (laughs) well, okay, so I should rephrase that. He says you need to find the groove before Mm -hmm. you even find the note. Yeah. So you find the groove before you find the note. Once you find that groove, all those elements come together is what I should say. Right. Like they come together to create this groove. Mm -hmm. And here's the, this is the crazy thing. It's subconscious. Yeah. We are not going in there going, okay, I need to listen. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to, like you're learning to multitask. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're learning to mostly task on a split second. Right. You know, you're, you're, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go, you're going to find your groove to the song, and then you're going to jump in. Mm-hmm. And here's the uniqueness to certain things. As a soloist, you're either playing the song by yourself, a song that you've played over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So when you go to play this song by yourself for, for an audience you still have to get into that groove. Right. Right? When you're a soloist playing with a accompanist, they're going to set the stage. You still need to find that groove. Right. And then when you're a band, I've, I've seen bands play where sometimes they go into a song and they didn't get the groove yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it may take them a second, yeah. but because they're so good at what they do, you don't know that it's not there, mm-hmm. but they did. You know, and then and then the way the band goes further, so it's amazing how groove really does play such a big factor to these elements. Yep. Yep. And going back to the other other point about notes being last, there's um there's a groove workshop that that a DVD that Victor put out. He brought in Anthony Wellington, who was who plays bass with him as well. Um, like on that Live in America album, mm-hmm. Anthony plays bass with him. And Anthony usually plays kind of the, the groove stuff, but he teaches a lot and, and he does a really great lesson on rhythm, which will, maybe we'll even do that lesson because it's a fun lesson to do. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah. It's fun. You're going to show me? Yeah, maybe. Show me some lesson? Yeah. Don't teach me. I didn't say teach. I said maybe we'll do the <laughs> lesson. Um, but one of the things he says is he says that like like notes are important, but you know, it, we always list notes as usually the number one thing. That's the first thing we think about. But he says that two through ten give you your genres. Two through ten. Yep. So if notes, so if you if you list everything, one, you know, one through ten, notes is usually the first one, right? The right. First one right. everyone gets. But everything else, those those nine other elements of music that he calls them the two through ten, that's what gives you your different genres. So your articulation for bluegrass is different. Right. Okay. Than yes. You yes. Know, rock and you right. know, your tone is different. So two right. through ten is what makes up your genres. You know, right? It just no, shows you how important those the, the, those are, as opposed to the rest right. Because if I give you ten measures with a bunch of notes in them, yeah, you can whatever. change that. And there's there's a really good video of Jacob Collier doing this, where he plays the same song using like different emotions. You know, well that play, see, but that you so you're talking about feeling emotion, yeah. So. Even if you have the if you have ten measures with notes in it, and you just play it when you're sad, or play it when you're happy, or play mm-hmm. when you're angry, you're gonna get a completely different feel. Yeah. And then you add all those other elements, you could change the form or genre yep. of music. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You could go from having a beautiful ballad to a heavy metal like yeah breakdown. Yep. 
breakdown meaning a good thing, not a bad thing. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just breaking down. <laughs> Break that's down. Right. <laughs> that's that's so true. There. Yeah. Um, what else did there was something else that? Well, so this, to me, after reading all, saying all that, this kind of leads into what he says about mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like there really aren't mistakes, right? Do you feel that? The fact that we made this list, the way we put it in our order, it doesn't matter about the mistakes. I haven't been able to embrace that yet. You have trouble embracing the mistakes? Yeah. See, as a singer, as a vocalist, it's a little harder. Mm -hmm. I think as a classical musician, it's harder. Agreed. Because classical music is written in such a way. I understand that. I, I say as a vocalist, it's harder. Because I'm not harder than another instrument, but it's it's harder as a vocalist because your your ears are so tuned to what you're doing at that moment right. that if you're out of pitch, mm-hmm. it messes you up. Right. Because then you can get not get back into that next note because you're singing a classical piece right. or a Broadway piece or whatever. Right. Yes, I can understand that, but going into other forms of music like jazz, mm-hmm. rock, yep. uh, bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Um, even just pop music in general, yeah, just pop music in general. Yeah. I think you could play around it. Yeah, I was working with a soloist once. We were working on a piece, and and it got to a point where there was one part in the solo where it just didn't sound right to us. And I think it was because we didn't like the the melody choice that they chose. And I was like, "You don't have to play those notes." And she went, "But it's on the page. I have to." She was classically trained, and I said, "But you don't. Like, we can do whatever we want. They're not going to come and yell at us. Like, they don't. Even, they don't even know we're playing this piece. You can do whatever you want. If it sounds good to you, that's what's important. If it feels good to you, that's what's important." So you're. Do you say? And I know you don't like to use the word, mm-hmm. but we've been using it. You say genre plays a factor. Um, I could. Like, you can make an argument for. Yeah, it. I could. Yeah. I mean, I get that because if I was singing. You know, an operatic piece or an aria or something where I need to stay a certain way. Because when you get into a recitative, you can't mm-hmm. fl- flounder those notes. Right. Flounder? Flounder? You can't flounder, whatever. Flounder. Mmm, tasty. You just, <laughs> if you sing a note off key by just a slight, mm-hmm. you coming out of that recitative into the piece could be really bad. Yeah. And, and you'll be ridiculed forever. Mm-hmm. But if you are a vocalist doing some jazz, you know, freestyle, yeah. you can get away with it. Yep. If you don't let it stop you. Right. And I think that's the big that thing. Don't let the, don't let missing no what is it? What did you say? Don't don't lose the groove to to find a note. I can't mm. Never lose the that's groove in order to find a note. That's See, that's why I write things down to, to go back to them quicker. Yeah. So, the what I the reason why I think this is very interesting because they called it massaging the note. Yes. Because they were talking specifically on a guitar and a bass guitar, mm-hmm. where the way you finger the notes. Because I can't massage a note on a saxophone. I can bend it. Right. I can bend it yeah. if I if I do what I want to do with it. It's yep. a little harder to like mm-hmm. on a trumpet. You could bend it, yeah. But on a guitar, you hit the fret wrong. You could totally you yeah. could totally Either slide stop. or bend it. Right, you do both. Right on a saxophone, it's a little harder to do yeah. on a, something that has a trumpet's physical. harder to do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done yeah. because you could 
as a jazz guitarist, I mean, jazz uh, saxophonist, a trumpeter or, mm-hmm. or trombonist, you could totally make it work. I mean, it's probably trombone mm-hmm. is probably one of the funnest ones to do it on because yeah. you could totally slide in. Yeah. Stuff. Like, um, and this is not a knock to any musicians. It's just an understanding that yeah. there is some difficulty to wanting to be able to practice making mistakes mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but I do like the fact that he does state that notes will tell you where to where they want to go. Yeah. Right. You just have to listen to them, and mm-hmm. I think the line is, "The notes will tell you where you want to go. Just you just have to listen." That's yep. exactly what he says. Yeah. And that's I, I get that feeling a lot when I'm improvising, and I mentioned it in the last episode too, where I could play a chord and tell you to sing the next note, and I could influence you to sing that next note. Right. You know, just by the by one chord. I mean. Right. Well, More even, chords are easier, but right. I can do it with one chord. But even singing, I can slide into a note. Yeah. You know, so if, I, if I'm if i going into it and I'm like, oh, I'm a little off, but I can make it work. Yep. You know, so it's not that it can't be done in singing. Right. I think, to your point, the form of music can play a different factor. Yes. Can, can do it. Maybe maybe it's what's acceptable right. is, is the factor. Is what's, yeah. Because you're right. still leaning towards the societal end of, I'm going to see an opera. I better not hear any pop style Right, the sun goes or anything like that. Right. <laughs> you know, like, like you know, no, 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 knocking Christina Aguilera, but they right. don't want that. You know, that that craziness. So you know, what she does in her song is fantastic. Yeah, but it may not fly when she, if she was to go up and sing an aria. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. And um, but to continue on with the mistakes, he does state. Where is that? I have that. He he goes mistakes are just things we didn't mean to play. It doesn't mean they're wrong. Right. So I took that a little bit harder because I didn't take it on the musical form. Mm-hmm. I took it in the life form. Yeah. A mistake isn't something you mean to make. It's just going to lead you in the right direction. Right. It's, it's another way of saying that, that every mistake is a learning experience. Right. And if and you learn it from is. it, then it's just a learning experience. It's not a mistake. And and that's so hard to do. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's one of the hardest things for, I think, most people to do is to learn from a mistake. There yep. are some people that are, have it so down pat. They're like, you know what? I got this. You know, I made a little mistake here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make it work. Yep. You know, and, you know, oh, I can see where I can go with this. Yep. I try to be that way. I can see it with others, but I can't see it within myself. Right. If I'm working on something with you or somebody else and a mistake is get made, let's say you made this mistake. Mm-hmm. I know you don't make them, but let's no. say you made the mistake. I am perfect. You are. I know that. I can turn around to you and be like, no worries, we could figure out an, a way out of this, yeah. right? And I've been in that situation even the past couple of weeks at work. We've dealt with some mistakes that come up, and it's just like, we can make it work. Yeah. Like, that's my mentality. But if it was me by myself at my desk and there was a mistake, I beat myself up. Yeah. It's like, why did you do this? Why right. did you miss this? Why did you let this happen? Yeah. And I think that that's a big thing in music in general. Yeah. We can't. It's the same thing when t- we're going back to teaching. Instead of showing ki- teaching kids that you made a wrong note or you made a mistake, it's showing them that it's okay that it happened. Because mm-hmm. even when he talks about practicing, he talks about how, yes, you do need to practice to some extent, but it's how you practice. Right. And that they talk more about that. Um, is it in the third measure? About the consciousness versus the subconsciousness? I think it's the third chapter. It's the third chapter, right? The third measure which is the articulation mm-hmm. thing. Um, 
to you, because yep. I know that, like, in a sense of discussion, this chapter is short because it's a lot of just drawing out of trying to find the elements. And the mm-hmm. way Michael does it is is not with, with not with, no, you're wrong, mm-hmm. no, you're wrong. It's more of, sounds good, but we can conclude that with this one. There's a better answer, right. which I like, because that's what I tried to do when I was in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I never told the kid they were wrong. Right. I said, that's close. Mm-hmm. We, we can do some. We can find a better answer. Right. Who wants to add on to that? Who wants to give us something else? You know, can you think of something else? Think about it. Let me, you know, like that type of thing. That's what I've tried to do in the classroom because you're going to be wrong at some point. Mm-hmm. You're going to say the wrong thing. You're going to make a mistake. If someone's going to come up to you every time, <laughs> you made a mistake. Right. Oh, that's completely wrong. We're going to have to figure this, fix this. Mm-hmm. And if, if versus... Oh, that's, that's cool. All right. So where did it go wrong? And let's figure it out and let's, let's find, you know, find out what we can do to fix it. Or maybe we don't need to fix it. Maybe Mm -hmm. we could work with it. Yeah. You know, um, and, and to that point, it's a, there's a point where he says the real beauty is this. If you use your ears and listen to the accidental or the mistake, you may find that it actually sounds better than the right note you meant. Right. Exactly. Say, look, we were on the same page in that one. Literally, I think. (laughs) 44. Page 44. I was on 48. (laughs) Well, you were on the wrong page. I was on the wrong page. (laughs) But it's true. It's so true. If we stop getting upset when mistakes are being made, it gives you a different mindset on how to approach what you're doing. So I have a question for you. Oh, boy. No, let's listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you think, so it's okay for but some space. I know it hurts, but it's okay for some space, <laughs> right? This could be a lot of space. <laughs> a lot of space right here, in between. The what it? What to you is the essence of music? Essence of music. What do you mean? Well, they say that these elements. He states. Um. I have to go find it in the in the book because I think I've written down. But there's how a, dare you ask me a question, and not be able to back it up? I won't listen. That is your mistake. No, that is my mistake. There is a section where he talks about, and this may be going back here. Well, I didn't take a note on it, so here, the other elements put together define the essence of groove, right? So okay. all these elements define the essence of groove. Yes. You find the groove, you're going to get into these other elements. Mm-hmm. What is the essence of music to you? That's what I'm curious. It's not an answer in the book. I'm not giving <laughs> But I'm looking in the book. I don't know that I have an answer. Do you think that there isn't a definitive answer? I don't think there is. Because music technically is not forever evolving. Is it? I think it is. How so? It changes every day. But what's changing? Everything. So the foundation of music is not changing, right? What's, what's the foundation of music? Those tech, those elements. But they change. Do they? Yeah. How? Every, which one? Pick one out and tell me what changes. Tone. How does it change? People have a different tone. People have a different tone. Yeah. So you're saying that... People breathe differently. Okay, so I'm I'm listen. I'm doing this on purpose because I'm curious of your thought, basically. Yeah. So you buy a car. Yeah. Everybody buys the same car as you, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So the foundation of the car is the same. Mm-hmm. 
It's the same exact model. Yeah. The only thing is difference is the color. So you have five different cars out there with the same with the same build and everything. Mm-hmm. Five different colors. Yep. So did the tone change? Engine can sound differently. How so? There different things can go wrong. There's like so, I mean, just because you put just because you have the same kind of car, doesn't mean everything about the car is exactly the same. Okay, so you're saying the actual mechanics of the car, yep. in the sense of working, mm-hmm. may not be the same. Yeah, but we're talking about tone. It could vibrate differently. Right. We're talking about the tone though. Yeah. So the tone to me is the color of the car. Tone to me is the sound of the engine. Okay. Even though it's the exact same engine. Okay, so that's what I'm asking. I'm curious to your take. So, so I mean, break, maybe, maybe one screw is loose and it rattles a little bit, a little bit differently right. than you know. Or right, no, absolutely, no. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not. I'm right. Like, gosh darn it. There's no wrong answer here. I know. You're, you're, I'm right. You're, <laughs> so in that sense, you're saying that the the music is forever changing mm-hmm. because there's no right or wrong to it. Right. Wrong. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I was just, I wanted to hear your take on it. That's my take. I think the essence of music being those, whether you define the elements or not, mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. It's, it's a, and it's an ever evolving yeah. thing. I think that if it wasn't evolving, we wouldn't be getting the different forms of music out there, the different types of musicians that are out there mm-hmm. and how things are played and how things are reimagined or re like, for example, when we played the um, the Prunch Brothers, we played the the album, the uh, Hell, on Church Hell on Church Street, where they it was a re-imaging or a re-sounding yep. of Tim Tony, Tom, Tony Rice. Tony Rice, thank you, Tim Rice. The, Tim Rice, the, Rice the, the the Tony Rice's album, mm-hmm. and and it, it wasn't a hey, we didn't like your music. No, it was. It was we, we love, love it, and, and this is know, what we think. Yeah, yeah no, exactly, yeah. and that's that's how I see it with. With the car is that we love this car. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it in black. I want it in red. Right. But I still love your car. So right. can you put it in red for me? Because right. I'm gonna still drive the car around. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept. Is like your album's amazing. I love it so much that I want to redo it in it with my feeling, with my emotion, with yeah. my thought. It's like um, the Psycho movie back in 1994 or five was redone by um I, I forget the director and it was shot shot for shot from the original movie mm-hmm. if you watch both movies together they do the exact same thing right the only thing that the uh the directors did is they added different sounds to it to mm-hmm. to enhance the moments that were going on at that time in the movie and the there was the daughter of um alfred hitchcock turned around and what was into it but they turned around to her and they said what do you think someone took this re-imaged it to modern day but shot it shot for shot and she said she said imitation is the highest form of flattery mm-hmm. it's so true yeah they loved the movie so much mm-hmm. they didn't want to change the shot for shot they just wanted to modernize it right and they put it out there as a homage to her father. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yep. It's the same thing. So it's a forever, It's a, there's an evolution, I think, always mm-hmm. going on. Space. Space. The final frontier. Dynamics. Dynamics. 
but we do we do that during the podcast and live show. Yeah. How we our inflections mm-hmm. and what we say and how we respond to something. Our tone. Our tone. When we're not yelling. Why am I yelling? <laughs> Why am I yelling? Why am I raising my voice? What is your favorite element? My favorite element. I almost knocked the laptop. And I'm going to say this. I, I'm going to ask you this as a musician first, in the sense of an instrumentalist. Okay. As an instrumentalist, what's your favorite element? I love book sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um. As a musician. No, as a, as a, as an instrument. I know you're a musician. As, as an instrumentalist. Okay. Tone. Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's so much you can do with it. You know, one of the things I love about my trumpet is I can get so many different tones out of it that I cannot get with other trumpets. You're talking about the one that specially made. Yeah, that okay. one's sitting over there. Okay. Um, that was if you guys can see it, it's the one in the back corner. It's right here. <laughs> next to the window. Um but but just by changing the way it the way I push my my the trumpet gets my face, different mouthpieces, just relaxing my jaw in a different way. I can get different tones out of it. And experimenting that is a lot of fun. Do you feel connected to trumpet differently than the other one? Yes. So That's why I kept it. And I know that you I know you have because you've spoken about this before, mm-hmm. especially in the interview with Rachel. You both have spoken about how you thank your instruments. Yep. And, and 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 I've never done that before as, as when I play in the saxophone because mind you, I saw myself more saw my saw myself more as a vocalist right. than I did a saxophone. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a horrible player. I just don't think I'm as good as I could be. Yep. So it was more like I'd be thanking myself than I right. would be the, the instrument. So, right. so you do feel a different connection to that trumpet. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And there's like, there's a piano that I played on back in New York. I played on hundreds of pianos. There's something special about this one piano that I played on. I don't know what it is. It's not just the sound. There's just some, some feel about it. That's just right. Where was the piano? At a church in Fort Salonga. Oh, really? Yep. That's awesome. And that, there's a memory and that's yeah. a moment that's going to sit yeah. with you just for that and connection. I played on it for three years or two years or something like that. And that's amazing Yeah, to bring that, to have that connection with, with instrument. Yeah. And, I, and like, as much as I love my current piano, I don't have the same feeling about it okay. as I did that piano. I, and which, listen, these are, these are, I would, I would trade. Oh, easily. really? I would easily trade. Yeah. If yeah. they said, Hey, you want it? Yep. Is it, was it a grand like that or mm-hmm. a baby grand? Oh, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. But these, these become a part of you. Like my saxophone, as like I said, as much as I don't think I'm a good player, that's my saxophone. Yeah. Like there was a whole, st- like it was purchased after my parents were divorced. My mom mm-hmm. found a way to pay for it. She didn't have to do that. Right. And this thing is carrying me through high school and then through college. It's mm-hmm. a f- almost a 70 year old horn. Yep. There's a history in it. Right. It's definitely the value it on the financial end is way more than it was, but the value of it as as me connected to me is just completely different. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hold it, I miss it. Yeah. And that's why it's out on the wall right now. Cause I'm hoping that one day I can find a place to practice and I can practice it mm-hmm. as a singer. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't consider yourself too I much know. of a singer, but I'm going to ask you cause you have enough experience as a singer, mm-hmm. singer, 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 as a singer. What do you think is an important element to you? Um, because of the type of singing that I do mostly listening as a choral singer, it's listening. I can see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not just about you at that moment. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. What about you? Which one first? Instrumentalist. Um, I'm going to go with listening. Okay. Because I never felt myself to be a soloist as a saxophonist. Have I done it before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I always felt like I played with a group better mm-hmm. than I did by myself. Right. I, I enjoyed sitting with a group of saxophonists. I didn't have to be first chair, second chair. I just right. enjoyed sitting with the group and I enjoyed being a part of that sound. Um, specifically when I played in jazz band and I played baritone sax. And then when I was in marching band and played baritone sax. <laughs> like I loved the fact that I was the low end and I drove it. And typically sometimes it was only me. So it was almost a solo. But I just the listening part because it goes to what you were saying that you're you're now with a group and you're you're playing it. I wouldn't I wouldn't see myself as uh, anything more than than listening because then I think everything else fell into place for me. Right. Because when I listened, I knew where to place the horn in the sense of the sound. Whereas if I was playing the horn as a solo, I felt awkward sometimes. Gotcha. Uh, as a singer, as a singer, it's tough. But I'm gonna go with feel. Okay. Emotion. I've shared this. I think I shared the story once before on here, but I'll share it again. Um, when I was in college, I had to do my junior recital mm-hmm. and I did um, a few pieces by Aaron Copeland from his um, American song, but whatever it's called, I forget what it's called. And it was the, the little horses and it was a lullaby mm-hmm. being sung to a baby. Mm-hmm. And you've seen me perform before, you know, I kind of go into a trance and yeah. what I'm doing. And I went and I sang this song and I did like a few pieces out of this book, but I sang this lullaby. It was a little, pretty little horses mm-hmm. and uh, did the piece. I was done. And I, at my break, cause at my break, just before my break, I sang Ave Maria cause my grandfather pro- died prior to that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the pleasure singing Ave Maria at his funeral. Right. Um, so I put it into my recital. So at that break, after I sang Ave Maria, um, one of our, one of my, um, peers, the mother came up to me and she said to me, thank you. And I was like, for what? She goes, I saw the baby you were singing to. Mm. I saw the baby in the bassinet, in the crib, right. in front of you that you were singing to. Mm-hmm. And that was important to me because yeah. that means that what I was trying to do happened. Yeah. I wasn't singing loud. I wasn't singing. So I, w- I was singing a story. I was singing a moment. And I was trying to paint a picture, which is what I try to do when I'm singing. And I feel that all comes from feeling and emotion. Because mm. when I have that feeling and emotion to the piece, the groove to the piece, I do think that all comes together. Right. So for singing, it would be feel. And for saxophone, it would be listening. Nice. Yeah. Never thought that hard about it before. No. And now that I did, it makes me go, why am I not doing this more? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's crazy. Yep. I love this book and I hate it at the same time because mm-hmm. it it's such a powerful book, mm-hmm. but it makes you really rethink and reevaluate yourself in a yep. good way. Yes, yes. It's like the, 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 the truff sauce. I love it so much, but I hate myself that I love it so much. <laughs> that spicy sauce, uh, yep. the heat. Um, 
Yeah, it's amazing how this, like you said it before, it's these two books have become like Bibles. Yep. Like music Bibles. Yep. You know? Yep. It's a, this is going to be a fun journey and we're only two episodes in Mm -hmm. of us talking. Like it's just going forward is going to be enjoyable. Yep. I agree. And we have some cool little elements we're going to add moving forward. Yeah. Why does it sound like background noise? It's weird. Yeah. Almost sound like someone was speaking. Is your house haunted? No, it was either the wind. I mean, you can't hear people from the street. Oh, okay. So that's uh, and I I told you earlier today. I think I found my next tattoo. Yep. In the middle of this book, there's little breaks, and they have this symbol. And the symbol is a yin yang. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of the yin yang is a music note. Yep. And I love it. And I think that's going to become my next. Um, I think you should change it just a little bit. Oh, what, do you, what did you do? Um, so if you look at it, the eighth notes are both black. And I would move one eighth note up to the black and make yes, it white. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I was I would redraw it the way I want it, but yes, mm-hmm. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and and the yin yang is is important to him, and and I like. I mean, they talk more about it in the second book um, about how yin yang is important. It's all about opposites, right? You know, we've talked about it in the in the live stream a little bit, but you know, things like if you think about like a flower, like it's very pretty. Where does it come from? Ugly dirt, right? You know, and the only way to get a, a flower to grow up is to have a root grow down. You right. know, it's all about these opposites. So, yeah, no, I think that, and he talks, they talk about it. Yeah. They talk about the yin yang a lot. And, uh, and, and Victor's base has a yin yang on it. Is it, how many does he have? Yeah. I think he's at least two of the yin yang bases. He does. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting balance. Yes. As they would say. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's too funny. I don't have anything more to say about this. Well, then chapter. let's um, let's wrap it up, and then we'll do next week. What's what's the week? What's next week? Articulation and duration. Yep, Cha- uh, me- measure, measure three, three not is chapter. Articulation and measure duration. three. And I have a fun story about that one for next week. So nice. make sure you tune in. Yeah. Um, we please listen to us, uh, fr- Kyle, Friday night live on yes. Twitch yeah. at eight o'clock. We'll be live on Sunday mm-hmm. at seven thirty. Um, we're not sure yet. We're, we, we're, you're you're going to hear a lot of Victor Wooten probably on Sunday, but we'll yep. be mixing in stuff that we feel going along with it. Yeah. Uh, but we have some ideas moving forward of what we want to do. We just want to get you guys kind of started yeah. with this. And, uh, you know, um, just take the key word here, listening. Yeah. It's going to play a big role in mm-hmm. what we're looking to do moving forward. Yep. Yeah. So we thank you for listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. And- one of us is going to do the closing. I don't know who. who uh, we haven't decided yet. Well, we're going to fight this out and rumble. We'll rumble <laughs> for it. Um, but uh, we uh, look forward to you joining us yep. for episode three. Yep. Chap- uh, measure three. Measure episode three. three yep. Measure three. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good one. Have a good one. See you. Thank you for listening to the Turn on the Music podcast. We hope that you join us next week. Click on the link tree in our show notes to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our Twitch and YouTube channel. If you would like to continue the conversation, join us on our Discord. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you really want to help us promote the show, head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast service of your choice and give us a five-star rating. Remember, always share the music. (laughs) 